safely deliver and control software with LaunchDarkly. Our FedRAMP authorized platform allows agencies to standardize fast, fearless software releases across programs, accelerate digital transformation, improve site reliability, resolve cyber incidents in less time with less stress, and reduce risk when migrating to the cloud. Visit LaunchDarkly.com to see how LaunchDarkly's feature management platform can impact software delivery at your agency. That's L-A-U-N-C-H-D-A-R-K-L-Y.com. Welcome to Federal Insights, sponsored by LaunchDarkly. Here's today's moderator, Tom Tamman. Agencies across the board pursue information technology modernizing projects, including the Coast Guard. For a review, I spoke with the Coast Guard's Cloud and Data Branch Chief, Commander Jonathan White. Let's begin with the Cloud and Data Branch Chief, or the Cloud and Data Branch. Where does that fit in the whole IT hierarchy in the Coast Guard? Let's start with where you live. So the cloud and data branch lives in the C5I service center in the Coast Guard. C5I service center provides all IT development and support services for our entire Coast Guard infrastructure. My specific division within the service center is the infrastructure services division. All right. So the infrastructure then is supporting all of the software development, all of the deployment, making sure that there's a place to host all of this. That's correct. Recently, there was a reorganization where we created the C5I Service Center about two years ago. And the goal for that was to put these shared services within a common collective. So there's an infrastructure services division, there's an engineering services division, and there's a business operations division. The engineering services division is where software development is actually conducted and, and maintained, the, the processes, the testing, the policy. In the infrastructure division where I'm in, we provide the foundational services for the Coast Guard and for and for the other divisions and, and product lines in order to deploy their products. And when it comes to modernization, are you like just about every other DOD component, DHS component, civilian component agency that is pursuing some type of modernizing? That's correct. Yes, we are. We are going through a I would call it a rapid modernization right now. And and it is very much centered around moving our systems into the cloud environment and building out our big data infrastructure so that we can do data for decisions. And what does that mean in terms of applications? Because data for decisions means that data is somehow an independent entity of applications and multiple applications can draw on one data source and vice versa. That's correct. I I think that legacy view of a application owning its own data and, and living in its own little world we're breaking down those walls right now. And that, that's part of this modernization journey. An application is really just an ingress and an egress of data. The data should be living in a relatively centralized location, and it should be enriched with other information from other applications or external sources. The application is, is really your portal, your window to that data, to that, to that space so that you can leverage that application to make your decisions. That's that's really the modernization that I'm trying to achieve. And the issue arrives the, arises, though, that new dependencies are created, new logic pathways are created, and sometimes things don't quite work as well as the coders might be hoping they work. So how do you make sure that application development curves in a way that's consistent with good data management and good outcomes for the applications. 
That's a, that's a good question. And, and really, that's I think a lot of organizations struggle that when I, when I do research uh, across the industry and, and across government, one thing that comes out readily is, is trying to decouple applications, right? So you're using APIs, application programming interfaces to communicate. And those are well-defined interfaces. The previous way you would do it is you would basically the application be wrapped up with your database. It would be very, very, very tightly coupled. The modern way to deploy applications is to keep them basically as far away as possible from the data to make it live in its own little world. But you, you define that boundary with which you interact with the data. And, and, that, and the other good thing about that is that boundary is something that you can control access to. And that's where the zero trust aspect comes in. Every time I make an API call, it's, it should be evaluated against my access rights and allow, whether I'm allowed or not allowed. And if I'm not allowed, it returns nothing. And the application should be able to respond to that, uh, that scenario. And how do you do application development in these days? I mean, how are they handling it as they hand it over to infrastructure? Because pretty much the waterfall way is not how I'm hearing agencies are doing it. That's right. If, if you wait to deploy your application until you're internally satisfied, the external customer will never be satisfied. You have to involve them in the, in the process. And, and the, what we're doing right now is uh, the Coast Guard is, is going down the road of full agile development. DevSecOps, I'm going to be responsible for when when it reaches a full operational capability, our software factory that is going to be deployed in our cloud environment. And it's going to leverage automated scanning, automated deployment, and also checks and balances in that so that we can control the flow of applications as we start building five, six, seven, ten applications at the same time. The only way to achieve that level of throughput in, at least from a Coast Guard perspective, is to automate almost everything and, and, and do your approvals up front. And how do you automate? Is there kind of a platform that underlies all of the development activities that, that traf that's like a traffic manager? That's correct. Yeah, we call it the, uh, the CICD pipeline. Uh, that's the continuous integration, continuous delivery pipeline. That's a collection of, of 10, 15 tools. We're still, we're still working to, to finalize that right now. But we have a, a partner, uh, Karthik uh, is, is uh, Karthik Consulting is our partner in building that that pipeline for us. And uh, really, the the challenge is not necessarily building the pipeline; it's getting people to use the pipeline. Uh, and that's a culture shift that I'm embarking on right now, in parallel to us deploying this. How do we onboard customers so that they're basically when when they come in, we'll 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 evaluate their requirements, we'll determine what their their use cases are, what what pieces of the pipeline they're going to be leveraging. And, and we need to be able to just build out that experience for them and give them the keys because we can't control we can't have a control of everything. The control is built into the, the process that we're that we're um, implementing in the cloud. And let's back up for a moment. Give us an example of some of the projects underway in terms of their application to the Coast Guard. What are the mission areas supported that you're looking at modernizing the applications for? Yes, there's there's a couple. One of them is now I'm going to throw some acronyms at you, but there's a LRIT, Amber, and NACE. That collection of applications provides our track our tracking and safety of life at sea support. And right now there's three discrete applications. One of them is is a global means to share search and rescue data. Another one is uh, the Amber application allows uh, shipping vessels to uh, participate in search and rescue evolutions while they're traveling on their shipping lanes. And the NACE application is our nationwide automated identification system. 
And that's how we can see all of the vessel traffic that's happening throughout the coastal and intercoastal waterways. They all do basically the same thing. They do track management. And there's different views on those tracks based on what you're going after. And so what, what we're doing is we're going to combine all three of those into one application. And we're going to deploy that into our cloud environment. And we're going to maintain that through our software factory. It's going to be a, an automated process to get that deployed and then sharing that data. This speaking back to the data aspect, those three, which are now discrete applications will now be sharing a data source, a data, a data feed. Uh, and they'll, they'll present the information based on what, what, uh, what we need. The other applications that we're modernizing are the, is the US Ames application. And that application provides notice to mariners and critical information about our waterways to our, our partners out there. That application is also going to be leveraging a common data feed and be able to rich, enrich information from various locations, pull it all into one location so that the Mariner can open our application and see everything right there in front of them, instead of having to go to three or four different locations in order to, to receive that information. That, I think those two uh, really exemplify the tactic that we're taking. We're looking at our portfolio of applications. We're saying, what is, what's working, what's not working, what's common, and how can we collapse some of these things into a, a better representation of what we're trying to achieve? So U.S. Ames is kind of the Coast Guard's analog to the FAA's NOTAMs, Notice I think, to Airmen. Yes, I would say so. Yes, I read, I read about the NOTAMs uh, incident. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, distance myself a little bit from that one, but uh, it, is, it is similar to that where you would look at, before you go on your voyage, you would look at the Notice to Mariners and see if there's, a, for example, a buoy uh, is marked as not present. It's, it was collided with a ship or it, it got off station or something like that. And uh, or there's might there might be some other incidents that have occurred. Right now it's updated uh, weekly and it's about a week delayed. The goal is to get that up to date, basically up to the minute for the mariner. Right. So that the mariners and the shipping vessels and the other set of three applications that you're modernizing and combining, the implication there is that these are ac accessed not just by Coast Guard people but by people outside, shipping owners. That's captains of commercial ships, somebody with a boat that's going up the river to, they hope they don't run aground somewhere, that kind of thing. That's correct. And this service to the public is, is what really excites me about this journey we're going on because the, the more information and the easier that information is for the public to ingest and make available to themselves, not only does that from the search and rescue standpoint supports us in our search and rescue mission where we're doing more rescuing and less searching, but it also supports our communication to the public and our, our journey about educating them about safety at sea and how to be a responsible mariner. And if we're responsible with providing that data to them, I'm hoping they're responsible in consuming that data as well. And your approach is recoding? Is it factoring old code? Is it simply looking at the outcomes you want and coding from scratch? I mean, what are you basically doing here? The applications I mentioned are, are recoded. They're from scratch. They're being done by a contract third party where we come in and, and run them through an agile development effort. The reason for that is if we took the original applications and tried to mush them together into, into one cohesive one, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't serve the purposes we're looking for and it wouldn't comply with modern software application standards. Right, so the, the legacy stuff is just gonna be archived, let's say, or, or junked. 
That's correct. <laughs> Retired, I think is the, is the right word. <laughs> and by the way, as the deployments happen, do you run the old one in parallel with the new one for a while just to make sure there's no gaps in service? That's an interesting question. I don't think we've we've gotten there just yet. These these are still in pre-deployment phase. Pretty sure the US Ames application will be a direct replacement of the existing one. But for the the more data-centric applications like NACE, for example, that's relied upon by hundreds of systems out there, maybe even thousands. It's, it's a it's a public data feed that we, we provide. So switching that over is going to be quite an effort. And if you look across our portfolio of applications, we have another one called Missile, which is our, our case management uh, application for all the law enforcement activities that we do. Everybody in the Coast Guard who's doing that mission is using that application. If we were to replace certain components of that, now all of a sudden they're maybe using a different application for certain things and the legacy application for other things. That poses a couple problems. One is a user experience problem. How do you get them into the right application to do the right thing? That's re-education. The other problem is how do I synchronize data between the two? I'm gonna to have to constantly be pulling in the legacy databases, merging it in with the modern data, and then creating that combined data set until I retire the, the legacy application entirely. We're thinking about that, but the, the mechanics of doing that, we, we have not started that process yet. My guest is Coast Guard Commander Jonathan White, Chief of the Cloud and Data Branch. We'll continue the interview after this short break. I'm Tom Temin. Safely deliver and control software with LaunchDarkly. Our FedRAMP authorized platform allows agencies to standardize fast, fearless software releases across programs, accelerate digital transformation, improve site reliability, resolve cyber incidents in less time with less stress, and reduce risk when migrating to the cloud. Visit LaunchDarkly.com to see how LaunchDarkly's feature management platform can impact software delivery at your agency. That's L-A-U-N-C-H-D-A-R-K-L-Y.com. Welcome back to our interview with Coast Guard Commander Jonathan White, Chief of the Cloud and Data Branch. We're talking about data and application modernization. And getting back to the deployments that you will be having, and the you're going to have a new code base for several applications that are collapsed into one and a whole new application on the other one, the U.S. Ames. There's a lot of function in each one of these applications. So my question is, between beta and full deployment to the entire world, do you have an intermediate step where when it's beyond beta, but you want to make sure it's totally functional and user-friendly, do you have a limited type of deployment just to see what happens before you decide either we have to redevelop it or tweak it, or, yep, we can go full steam ahead on this one? Yeah, so we're, we're looking at three phases in our pipeline. There's the development phase, it's basically free roaming, do, do whatever work is necessary to try to exploratory work, right? Bug fixes and things like that. We have a stage environment, uh, which would be analogous to what you just asked for, sort of like a beta testing environment. It's available as a pre-production type setup, limited access, and we would deploy the application to that environment. It's, it's pretty much leveraging all of the production services that are there. So it's trying to replicate as much as possible the, the environment it'll be in. And then bring people in, actually do operational testing of that. And then we actually have the production system where you graduate from stage to production. I think some of the strategies that, you know, out there that I'm aware of, you know, you have A-B testing where you would, you would provide 50% of your customers 
application version A, 50% application version B, or whether it's a, a color change, for example, on a, on a link or whatever. Those are other strategies that you could do. Those are production strategies as far as I'm concerned. As far as pre-production, the part of the agile development effort is to bring the customer in. And it is difficult to bring an external citizen in to, to help you with your development work. But for, for most of our applications, they're internal. Uh, but we, we have a customer base that will sit with the development team and be the advocate for that customer and accept the work. That's part of that DevOps movement is really emphasizing the fact that you're building an application for a customer. You're not building an application to build an application. That's a mindset that I'm seeing is happening in the Coast Guard. And I'm very excited about that. And that's definitely happening with the US Ames application. The customer was part of the journey the entire time. And since everything is going to be in the cloud, do you have a strategy for perhaps switching functions or applications on and off that might not be in 24-hour demand or might be in demand, say, maybe not so much at midnight in Alaska, but at 8 a.m. in Virginia or something so that you can load balance and reduce cloud costs and all of those good things? Yes. One of my characteristics, my prime characteristics for cloud environment is value. And part of value is monitoring, reporting, and controlling your cost plane. That starts with the strategies in your development effort. So if you develop your applications so it cannot scale, then you've lost you've lost control of your value, right? In, in the cloud environment, you, you you're you're fixed. And so what I'm doing is working with those application developers to educate them on how to develop for the cloud, how to build a containerized application, how to be responsive to a spike. Maybe we reserve a certain level of capacity to save and we, we allow it to spike and we pay for that as it comes in instead of reserving the full capacity and only using 60% of that throughout the year. And, and these are strategies as we onboard applications to our cloud environment, we have a cloud broker team that is looking at this and, and setting these policies and these, these uh, procedures. The goal is to, is to walk them through this evolution. And at the end of walking them through, they're educated on how to do this properly how to how to self-service, how to make themselves cheaper, if you will. And we give them the keys and they go and develop uh, their application. Yeah, well, sounds like you've thought about a lot of things. I want to get back to the uh, security aspect of this, which we touched on briefly. But what is your strategy for, I guess the popular term is moving security to the left to make sure that everything is kosher before it's even beta tested? And also all the dependencies among these different applications. So I'll start with the security question. That's answered with our, our software factory. When you um, go through the software factory, you don't pass go until you get your green check marks. And in each phase where I said the dev stage in, in production, each phase ratchets up the required number of, of satisfactory checks. And if, if you don't pass, it doesn't deploy. And, and, and that's a from a prior ops guy having to debug applications on the other side, that's a godsend because if you deploy to production something that was not adequately tested and people were not aware of what was happening and something breaks, now it becomes a discovery session. You got to go back. You got to involve hundreds of people. What happened? Is it the update we just deployed? Is it the actual application? Is it something wrong with the infrastructure? And and that's a huge time sink that, that causes the inability to pr- to modernize because you're always you're always going backwards and trying to figure out what happened right so shifting that left 
putting those checks in place, huge part of the software factory. The other thing that I'm really keen on is a, is a cloud observability tool or application observability tool. So if something does sneak by and something does happen, because things happen, you can't prevent everything. You should be able to dive right down into the heart of that application in production and understand exactly what's happening and use a tool that can that can see everything and, and report on that and be able to, to uh, surface that information so that the ops teams can go in and, and fix it. Maybe the, the fix is to revert back to the previous version, which in a, in a containerized environment is, is rather trivial. And those are the kind of strategies and, and thought processes that we're really trying to implement here as we as we move into our cloud environment. So in other words, uh, security itself becomes iterative because as you patch or update, you have to make sure that all of the security, if it's not inherited, it gets added back. That, that's correct. <laughs> and, and security changes too, right? What you thought was secure yesterday is not secure tomorrow. I think Log4j is a great example of that. Very happy with the current version of a logging utility that I was using. And then day two, that version is, is no longer suitable for service at all. And I have to make a responsive change to update my dependencies. It's a constant cycle. And if you're not, if you don't go into this with that mindset, you're, you're probably going to fail, right? It, it is a constant effort to keep these things running. Sure. And the other question was about dependencies, which is not precisely a security question, but is a functionality question such that if you deploy a new module, comes in, it creates dependencies with prior modules or components of software, and then you might have a situation where it doesn't work once integrated, for example. Yes, and that's part of that decoupling that I mentioned earlier in this conversation. The, the further away you put these applications or these dependencies with each other and you define that boundary between the two, then what you're really, you know, from a configuration management standpoint, what you're really managing is that boundary, right? I should be able to update each application independently of the other. That's obviously there's there's gotchas there, right? But if they're communicating on a defined boundary, then whatever I'm doing internally to here, as long as whatever exits is in compliance with that boundary, then the consumer of that information on the other side should be able to be successful. There's a lot of details with that. You could still comply with the boundary and not comply with your data standard, or, or you, let's say you change the date fields where it's like month, day, year, and you change it to day, month, year. If you're not monitoring down to that level of detail, then you could cause a breakage, right? Really, what this comes down to is configuration management, vigilance around change management, being, a, being transparent about what you're doing. And maybe, there's, maybe there is some level of coordination board, especially for the more mission critical applications. Before I push an update, Maybe I do need to get concurrence from my dependencies that we've tested this in our stage environment. Everything looks good. I, I'm not seeing any problems before we before we move into production. A little antithetical to the DevOps movement, but at some level of mission criticality, you just can't afford a degradation of service. Right. And, and I think I think that's what we have to kind of feel out and understand where that where that line is. Coast Guard Commander Jonathan White, Chief of the Cloud and Data Branch. To hear this interview again or share it with colleagues, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Insights. I'm Tom Temin. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights, sponsored by Launch Darkly on Federal News Network.
safely deliver and control software with LaunchDarkly. Our FedRAMP authorized platform allows agencies to standardize fast, fearless software releases across programs, accelerate digital transformation, improve site reliability, resolve cyber incidents in less time with less stress, and reduce risk when migrating to the cloud. Visit LaunchDarkly.com to see how LaunchDarkly's feature management platform can impact software delivery at your agency. That's L-A-U-N-C-H-D-A-R-K-L-Y.com.